0: Slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hey, what's up? It's Jen and Julian. You're listening to episode 39 of X Appeal, and we are talking about wow, college. Hey, college. (laughs)
2: <laughs> college yeah.
1: yeah college oh my god guys let's go out let's get crazy um Did you, where'd, you your, where'd, where'd you go to college what
2: where'd you go to college
1: i went to ohio university which is it is a party school it's always notoriously on the top like 10 party schools in the country okay. um, in the u.s but i wasn't doing any of that I was doing some of it, but not anything nuts. Um, you were partying? I didn't party that much in, in college. I wish I did. Um, looking back on it now, I kind of missed the boat. But yeah, I didn't do much partying. I, I got a 4.0 my first semester of freshman year. Yeah. Yep. And by so the way, was, guys,
2: if you hear some pounding in the back, it's because you hear some- it? I, I did a little bit, but I just want to let them know there's a bit of construction in Jen's So this is, awful. Stop them, yeah. this
1: is awful. I live in Playa Vista, and they're doing major construction in my building. They have been for months. Um, they're jackhammering my walkway, and they're demolishing my balcony and the balcony above us. So, it's been a real treat.
2: I told you to come record here.
1: I am liter- I'm literally um, going to snap somebody. But
2: Come over, we'll Come record for a, at my house. Day. huh? Come record at my house.
1: I might have to
2: honestly, on your way, we will do what you used to do when we first started on your way back to work, you stop by for an hour, we do a recording out.
1: yeah, but we have the nanny, and I don't want her to stay late because she lives far away, and it you know she hits right. traffic, and I'm considerate of other people, Julian,
2: it's one extra you guys can you guys can uh, afford it one extra hour oh
1: my God, so wow. I'm Wow. We're not making any money in this podcast. So as you're soon as we making start making up, money, then I'll, I'll I'll be staying. I'll stay as late as you want.
2: You're, da- you're, you're, you're dating a doctor. You're not not even dating anymore. <laughs> you're in a relationship with a doctor.
1: <laughs> you
2: and, uh, and you're your a your TV host. You make good money.
1: You're still dating even if you're married, by the
2: way. You should yeah. always be dating. I mean, you should always be dating, of course. ABD. Yeah. Always be dating. ABD. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, back to so what I was,
2: you weren't, you weren't partying and fucking, no,
1: and no, I wasn't doing any of those things. I had some, you know, I had, I had some parties here and there. I went to some parties,
2: Were you not that often. Did you, ever, did you ever go through a hoe phase?
1: Uh, yes. Now, that what, was right after I got divorced. Uh, I moved to New York.
2: Like, random one night stands, random hookups. Or was I it told you
1: through? I, in, in New York, whenever I was, uh, in my, in my thirties. I would scroll through Instagram, picking out, like, you know, models and, you know. Oh, yeah.
2: I remember you had a little- I was, It was
1: like I was doing shopping. I was shopping and for-
2: Were you smashing?
1: Shopping for men. Uh, yeah. Is, is that what they call it? I thought that only Jersey Shore kids called it smashing. No,
2: no, no, no I was just trying to be gross. Uh, yeah. Were you banging them? Yeah. So yeah. what was the process? So you, so you had a hoe phase, <laughs> not during college where everybody has a hoe phase. No. Had, after. As, as I- in- crisis i would say really for
1: crazy. most of college i was still a virgin no i lost it at 21 i, th- I thought i told you this at yeah we've talked about this before
2: oh my god well i forgot
1: i was right. i was very
2: demure forgot Mm-hmm. and and you, wait did i wasn't your first time not fun because no? you
1: said you were like what 14 when you
2: <laughs> when i wasn't 14 i was 16
1: okay so. close
2: uh, and I and I and actually the first 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 time I tried to have sex, um, it was terrible. The first time I was too stressed, so I couldn't get hard. And then the second time we tried, my girlfriend, I was so stressed to get hard that I actually came in my bed right before we even had <laughs> sex during foreplay. So my first two attempts were the most horrifying yeah. ways to do it. Yeah, and then, I would and say so. Eventually, thank God, I pulled through. But uh, my poor girlfriend, because she. She, uh, she had had sex with one guy before with her ex. So I was not her first. I was her second, and she was my first. And I was just like so stressed.
1: Isn't she the sex therapist now, or a sexologist? Oh, yeah.
2: Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sex therapist. Uh,
1: I bet you, have come up in conversation quite a bit. I'm oh sure. Oh my
2: god. Oh my god. Uh, it was it was so funny. Yeah, she she reached out to me. We're in really good terms. Uh, obviously, because we were 16. Uh, but we, uh, and she reached out and cause she had questions about podcasts and, and uh, like how, how we did ours and, and all that stuff. And I know we were looking to get a sex therapist in and, uh, one of the friends who, uh, we both follow each other is like, why don't you get, um, Gabby in? And I was like, oh my God, like a podcast with Jen and my first girlfriend. I, that's, yeah, let's that do it. Like Sign me weird... up.
1: Bring it on. Bring anyway, it on.
2: I, I just, the thing like no, I'd rather get it all more,
1: the way. Oh, a, I'm, I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. Tell her yeah, I'm, I'm in.
2: I'm not. So uh but wait, did it wasn't your first time bad?
1: My first time <laughs> was
2: hurtful or no, you it
1: was I but I I will say this. I literally did feel like a different person. After I like a woman afterward. I was like, I have arrived. Um I was horny
2: though before you 21, were you just flicking the bean all day? No,
1: you know what it was? i had something that a lot of my other girlfriends did not have anymore. And a lot of guys wanted. Mm-hmm. And that is how I kept my virginity. It wasn't like, it didn't have anything to do with morality or right. anything or religion or any, my upbringing, like nothing. I just thought I'm just going to hold off as long as I can because you can only lose it once. And I think I picked the right person. Uh, he was uh, a,
2: so what were you doing up until 21? Were you not sexual? You had no sexual? Yeah, I design?
1: was. I was. I would just do like everything. But. With a guy? No, with farm animals. Like, what are you. Oh,
2: wh- I'm I'm saying, were you just like masturbating yourself or were you just trying to do other you stuff? You
1: can be sexual with somebody without having sex, you know? I hear you. My you question can, is,
2: were you masturbating?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. What? Why is that important? <laughs>
2: uh, because I wanted to know if you had that like libido. feel like, like yeah. And, and
1: no, I'm not. I wasn't like you know, uh, uh, Mormon until I.
2: <laughs> no, I hear like for example, guys before we have sex when we're like 14, we well that's because you know
1: guys are different.
2: We're just horny without even knowing what sex is. I was wondering, you if guys, you ha- I mean, you
1: you have to. It's a, well, I don't know if this is if this is accurate or not, but I heard that. You you have to release, or it gets painful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't done it in a long time. Yeah. but right? every, every guy's different. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. 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 Eventually, like if you haven't released it in like 10 days, you could start to feel a little heavy. I
1: and mean, then you guys like pop owners in class when you were 12 years old. So, yeah, you, I, you know, I, mean. I know. You I know.
2: Experience horniness without knowing what sex was. Right. And only like masturbation. So I was wondering is you as a woman without knowing what sex was if you experienced what horniness was? That was my question.
1: Of course. What do you think? What, what, do, you, what do you... I can't... I. Uh, yes.
2: <laughs> okay. So Jen has a high sex drive. Good to know.
1: I mean, not high, but...
0: Do you yeah, okay, I'm, you I'm
1: a human a being. Driver. What?
2: I had, a, I had a... This question was asked to me. Uh, it like, it's like such a... like. I was asked if, if I was considered to have a high sex drive. And I was like, oh. How are you? Do you? I think I'm average. Average? Yeah. I think, I think it I was think I average, in waves. I go in waves. There's, there's like a month where I'll be hornier and then a month where I'm not. And then obviously when I was younger, I was. But then I talked to like my boys and they're fairly similar to that. I think, you know, it's like once you hit 30. Uh, but then I also hear about guys in their 30s that are just horny all the time. So,
1: yeah, I mean that's well, and until yeah, listen, it, it it depends on on the person. Whatever, I'm I'm not gonna say it's a male female thing. We've already yeah. had conversations about this before that sex drives can be equal. Uh, I think that I think that men maybe they're driven by yeah. sex a little bit more than women might be in general. In general, I'm generalizing. Um, okay, so. Let's Hold on, let's
2: talk really quickly about college.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So my college experience sexually, I really can't. I really, I really can't say because it wasn't toward the end of college that I that I had sex for the first time. But yeah, I would hook up. I would hook up with, with you know with guys. There was always an element of danger involved because you know being a woman, like you have to kind of protect yourself. Um, but I don't know what was your what was your experience like?
2: I mean, I was partying all the time. Uh, I mean, uh, most of my college years, I was a full-time student going out. And when I wasn't going out, I was working at the, as a bartender in this very popular venue in Montreal. So, uh, mm-hmm. I was out. You know, I was out. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had a girlfriend throughout some of my college years. Uh, and when I wasn't, I was definitely uh, hooking up.
1: Okay, so great. so normal. But here's the thing. did Were you in college when dating apps were around or popular.
2: They're unpopular now.
1: No, they're at that point they were probably like stranger on the internet. Like let's go hook up.
2: No, right? yeah. You would just go out to the bar and the club and Yeah,
1: that's exactly what saying. I mean, yes. And-
2: and like friends, you go to the club and we had all these techniques. It's like, oh my God, like, you know, you have a table with one bottle and you're like 20 guys splitting a bottle because you're poor. And then you got to like, you know, figure out like, where do we get the girls? Oh, these girls are dancing. Let's go like dance with them and bring them. Let's go tell them we have a table, like all that. Other
1: yeah, things. that was the best. I do remember I ha- I look back on that pr- with, you know, pretty fondly, like bumping into, you know, a dude like in line at the bar. Like, I don't know. It was fun. It was okay. fun. It was, it was, you, you, you went out not knowing where the night would take you
2: yeah i think i think when um i think when uh, at that age I, when i look back on it i think it was fun but there's definitely this like this worry all the time for me as like a, a college student you know because it's like you well you, i don't know you i wasn't just you're just not so sure of yourself there's um, all these the college guys and this, these guys are bigger and these guys are smaller and these guys are smarter and this guy's studying this. And, oh, this guy comes from this family. He has way more money. So he has a bigger thing. And, you're,
1: so your, your thing that, that you still get hung up on even in your adult life now is, was happening back then. No, too. Then you, no that,
2: that back then was way worse. Now 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 it's fine. Uh, yeah, you got to do
1: into your own as you get older.
2: Yeah, exactly. And also I remember like if we went out and went to the club and like buy, bought a bottle or two and some of us would go home alone that was considered like a failed night <laughs> you know even I even if you, you have to like yeah. bring bring this or if you had like a fuck buddy or if you had something like it's like you kind of
1: no i just, i will i will so, so but it gets dangerous if you're a woman i will say this because i remember freshman year i i went to a frat party with a group of girls Um, Who I didn't know that well, because, you know, again, freshman year, you start living with people who you don't know. um, And they got they got pissed because I was getting a lot of male attention and they left me um, alone at a frat party. Mm. Um, And I remember being again, you know, you're also like not well, like you don't know how to drink yet. So I drank way too much. I I was blackout. I walked back to my um, dorm room with a, with a, with a guy i had just met at the frat party and the next morning i was locked out of my my dorm room and when i walked when i finally was able to get in i found all these creepy post it notes like all over like my bed like the sink like everywhere oh, like little like love notes and i'm like what and i still to this day don't know what happened oh my god yeah um so but that's yeah so I, I do I do look back on it. It was a fun time, but it was also, you know, you kind of think, oh, well, I'm lucky to have made it out without something bad happening. I hate to, I hate uh, to say
0: that. But
2: yeah, you know. and the college kids, because college kids, uh, when I remember, I always thought I would spend my, you know, 18 is the majority in France, like where you become an adult. Yeah. Uh, I always thought I would spend my 18th birthday with all my childhood friends and my family, and then... I moved to Montreal to go to college two weeks before I turned 18. So I got into the dorms. I didn't know anyone. It was my 18th birthday. So I planned like this night out at this club, uh, not really knowing what the club was or whatever. And, you know, people from co- from the dorms that I've met were like, yeah, let's go celebrate, whatever. So I, I got a table. I remember we ate Mexican food at this like cheap Mexican food. And then we did to the to the spot. And I it was like the first time too that, I was, in, I was used to the French drinking way, which is we kind of sip and, you know, slowly take it. Like I had been drunk before, but I never like that. And then for the first time I was introducing of the like U.S. way, American way of drinking, which is like you're chugging a <laughs> fucking huge yeah. glasses of alcohol. And I literally stayed 20 minutes in the club. We got there at like midnight at 1230. I was out because there's pictures of me passed out on the table um, that I still have. <laughs> and then they they took me out. I puked all the rice from the Mexican food oh. on the street, and then I don't remember anything. All I remember. Yeah. And then I woke up the next morning in my bed, and I had a roommate in my in my thing who who we, you know is, is not like my best friend. He's just like some random guy. And uh, I woke up with drawings all over my oh, face. Yeah,
1: that's that's a classic college move.
2: Yeah. So they draw over my face. And then my roommate says, "Dude, like, uh, like I felt so bad. Like, some of your friends were there. They were drawing on your face. I was trying to tell them to stop to just let you leave, let you sleep. But you were like black the fuck out. And I guess they playing. They were playing games where they would um, take like a, a card, like a, a debit card, and swipe it on my butt crack to pretend like they were paying." Stuff and this was things that I was told, like, I don't remember a single yeah.
1: Why are guys so gross with each other? Like, you
2: guys do this, and they're cracking you know, penises all
1: over each other. And then, like,
2: like, yeah, we did that, it was just funny, whatever. Ask, kind of, I remember I felt kind of like violated a little bit. I was yeah, like, yeah, a, a
1: little bit, bit start my yeah,
2: but um, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how college is now. It's probably
1: crazy. Well, we're about to find out. Uh, yeah. Because we're, we we're going to talk to Dr. Aditi Paul. She is dating and relationships researcher and professor at Pace University in New York. So let's welcome her in because she wrote a book on the subject.
2: All right, let's ask all the questions. How are very, you?
3: I feel very intimidated because both of you are so gorgeous. I'm like wait for yourself. <laughs> thank Buckets you. Loads of I tried. I really tried, and that's very evident. You look great. <laughs> Because I had to match. I had to match the level of gorgeousity. But thank you so much for that <laughs> gorgeousity. I love that word. That's great. <laughs> I'm using that.
2: <laughs> well, no, actually, thanks for uh, for reaching out. I know I got your email <laughs> and I forwarded it to Sasha. Mm-hmm. Uh And I I was like, oh my god, that's actually perfect. I'm so glad you reach out because this. I think this. Gen Z dating in college is actually fascinating.
1: Yeah,
3: it baffles my mind. I mean the kind of language that they use. I, I really truly feel that you're from another planet and they're from another planet. Yeah. I just don't I just don't get it, but this was my attempt to like be sneaky. Uh, in the most <laughs> ethical way possible. <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to pry into your lives, but like, I'll call it research. Uh, right. And they so they were, they were really, they were really, as uh, um, you know, open and honest, and and I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah. them. So yeah. So are these?
2: Yeah. How have these
1: you, conversations that you would have with your students.
2: That's it. Like, how did you, how did you get the research to start? Like, you just sat down with them and were like, "Hey, tell me about your sex life," or. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. That I, I think I would. I would get a call from HR. HR. Right? <laughs> if I do that, but no. Uh, you know, it started with me uh, being very bored over the pandemic and and getting really curious about this thing called a hookup, because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but whenever students tell me, "Oh yeah, like I hooked up with somebody," I'm like, "Did you have sex or did you go for a study session at the really? library?" Because. <laughs> I have, or both, you know. Well, I, studying I heard, yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so I looked up a couple of books on on hookup, and there's this one book that I read. It's called. Uh, American hookup, the new culture of sex on campus, and uh, the way the professor and the scholar she was writing about hookups—it's um, basically what I was eavesdropping on your conversation before, and you were talking about yeah, it's like that drunken haze, the party, the grinding, um, etc. And then I look at my students, and they say that you know Tinder is is the go-to hookup app, I'm, and and I'm like, so where is Tinder in this in this game? <laughs> And that got me excited. That okay, now that we have a new player in in the college scene, uh, that is Tinder and Grindr and Bumble and 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 the next app that came out yesterday, maybe, uh, how are they changing the culture of sex on campus? And that led me to write this book.
1: Because it's almost like, and and Julian, I don't know, you know, both of us actually can say this that we didn't have dating apps whenever we were in college. Yeah, or, you know, dating apps that were, I guess, mainstream accepted now like hinge and you know etc so i'm wondering how that's changed the landscape as far as dating goes with college students because it just almost seemed like whenever i was in school if you go to a bar yeah like like odds are people there are single and they're Mm -hmm. looking to hook up so Mm -hmm. what so what do you do what how has it changed things It it has changed
3: some, but then not a lot at the same time. Um, One of the misconceptions that people have about Tinder is that it's only used for hookups. It's, It's really not students are not going they're not a bunch of creeps who are like just let, let me log in and like find people to fuck like they're they're not doing that um what they're doing actually is is just for entertainment like you're going to tinder it's almost like an instagram where the only way you can like a picture is by right swiping mm-hmm. and if something comes off it it's good uh and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and the least viable product that you can get out of a tinder match is you know you probably like do some do some sexual things with them and and the reason i'm not saying sex is because um a majority of college students are not having full-blown sex they're doing something sexual so they're like thirst trapping um they're they're probably like making out uh because they're still in their formative years of, Mm -hmm. of figuring themselves out and now the cultural shift of gen z is i want to know myself first forget about really um yeah look at the look at the culture around us like are you bi are you gay are you lesbian what's your pronoun there is this huge uh outcry about like i want to figure myself out and as they're doing that sexual identity becomes a part of that um and the research shows that a majority of students just make out And a part of that reason is they have a huge amount of dating anxiety. Like they have forgotten how to date or they've never been taught how to date. Um, So that keeps them from like escalating things. Having said that, dating apps, if you do hook up with somebody on a dating app, you are statistically more likely to have riskier sex than -hmm. if you meet somebody through school. So that's one way in which uh, (laughs) dating apps mean
2: like You mean like uh, because they feel like they know them already, so they're more comfortable to have unprotected sex? What do we mean by riskier?
3: Risky, uh, unprotected sex, yeah. Um, There's also a confounding variable over there where sexual orientation plays a huge role um, because the research that I did, I surveyed 318 participants across Mm -hmm. the U.S. And the reason why I said that it's not changed a lot, um, turns out that students still want to meet their hookup partners through like school or through friends of friends. Um, That's the kind of setup Mm -hmm. they want to meet somebody they want to hook up with. And 25% met through uh, dating apps. But out of those 25%, 60% were identified themselves as lesbian, gay, and bisexual. Wow! So the LGBT community community um is oh. really using dating apps to hook up because so, they're
1: looking for people who are more like like-minded like themselves or
3: yeah yeah. yeah yeah i mean you can i mean our our default is straight thinking right mm-hmm. like if you walk down campus the default is a guy is gonna like a girl um it's very hard to tell the orientation of a person by the way they're presenting themselves uh and that the, the apps or the filters that the apps use, it makes it really easy for somebody yeah. to know that, oh, are you polyamorous or are mm. you uh, uh, do you do you like same sex hookups? So that makes it more convenient. And historically, um, the LGBT community has defaulted to the online space because of. Yeah. You know, different sorts of uh, stigma that is there in society, even in the U.S., which is still very egalitarian, but there's still stigma associated with that.
2: Sure. So I'm actually shocked because, like, I remember talking to a relative of mine who's probably seven, eight years younger than me, and -hmm. he had his first oral sex experience when he was 13. And I when I was thirteen I was at the skate park. I have no <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's yeah, that's true. So, like, you, so you to me, about yeah.
2: yeah. So to me, I was expecting kids like Gen Z nowadays to actually yeah. be hooking up left and right, whether it's with guys, girls, and, and having way more sexual freedom. Yeah. It's you they seem
0: do to have that. that.
2: And especially also, if you look at what's influencing them, mm-hmm. right? We're all influenced a little bit about what we're watching. I mean, I remember watching in the first, when I watched the first season of Euphoria, I remember this, one of the girls on Euphoria having sex behind like a dumpster mm-hmm. at, uh, at, at this, um, this uh, the fairy park, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
1: Carole- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, right. Euphoria so it really
2: pretty me, pretty. like, if this is what high school is, I can't even imagine what college is, but you yeah. seem to say, that it's actually going the other directions where yeah. people are actually trying to figure themselves out and mm-hmm. they're using they're using the apps to do that but not to actually go through with it.
3: Yeah. There so the culture of acceptance is increasing, right? Yeah. So when you're talking about yes. euphoria, when you're talking about, you know, having I mean doing oral sex uh, at the age of 13, which by the way, um Gen Z doesn't consider oral sex a sex, or or, or even millennials. Like, so that when you ask people to report if you have have had sex or not, they will not count that as sex. so, I asked them particularly, and this is where I get like really super creepy <laughs> in my <laughs> survey. I'm like, identify all the sexual behaviors that you performed that night. Yeah. And then I go from like kissing and like breast simulation. Like, I freak myself out with the kind of language <laughs> that I used. And we went all the way to anal sex. Mm. And again, uh, so it was not up to them to report did you have sex or not? I had to, I asked them to identify they had oral sex or not um they are having oral sex but here's the situation the other day i was talking to my student and then she said you know what the, what's the most intimate and i'm like what and she said maintaining eye contact like i can kiss you but i'm not going to maintain eye contact with you and i'm like damn so you're you're willing to go down with yeah. somebody but you don't want to make eye contact so
2: while doing abject, it object huh so what? Is contact, that, I, do it. No, it. but I'm t- are we talking about eye contact like just talking and staring at each other's yeah, eyes like,
1: like i told I, you remember remember when we were saying cre- recreate the yeah. intimacy and i said staring yeah. into each other's know, eyes
2: we're talking about making eye contact while going down on the person that's my question
1: that yeah that even
3: kissing or just just regular eye contact like you know if Penis to vagina, okay, uh, but eyeballs to eyeballs, whoa. yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so too it's, much, it's too much. thats <laughs> ju- that is that that is the kind of commitment I'm I'm not willing to to <laughs> to undertake. It's amazing um, what the lines are. Yeah, yeah. So but you're right.
2: You're right because the word hookup is mm-hmm. so broad.
3: It's so broad.
2: Somebody would think, somebody would say, yeah, I, hook up her. I hooked up with her. I It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys had sex? No, 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 we just made out. Yeah. And somebody would be like, yeah, I hooked up with her. You guys made out? No, no, we had anal sex. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So, it's so know.
3: broad. Yeah. And, and, and not surprisingly, women are more likely to say hooked up versus, uh, identify the actual sexual behavior yeah. that they performed, uh, because of the sexual double standard that we live in. And, uh, even though when you're talking about, you know, I, I heard Jen say that, you know, maybe men have a higher sexual drive than women. Uh, and that comes from this thing called the sexual strategies theory, which says, you know, women, like we are programmed to procreate. So we're looking for the best and the most fertile and the most healthiest mm-hmm. partner. And for men, it's, it's to increase their line of children, right? So they're looking for as many partners to procreate as possible. Uh, But with the cultural conversation, that theory has become outdated where men and women, they have equal number of sexual partners. But where the sexual double standard still exists is the way women censor themselves to save themselves from being labeled a certain way Mm -hmm. so when I asked students like describe to me what happened uh that night because I was trying to figure out like like Julian was talking about like what what happens in a hookup like what the heck is the play-by-play like you know in a date you call somebody you go pick them up they go for dinner things go things go okay you go for a nightcap so what happens in a hookup yeah and when I analyzed those answers I saw women look use terms like you know one thing led to the other and then it happened and things progressed versus men they said oh yeah i gave him head uh we fucked uh Mm -hmm. we had sex and and they would be very very explicit and descriptive about that so that just goes to show that things
1: have like shifted but not not that much as we think it is yeah so, so, and that's, that, that is true. There's a lot of stigma still um, behind the way we behave as women when it comes to hooking up.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I, yeah, it's probably part of the reason that I stayed a virgin, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. through most of college, because I just didn't want to be labeled as, as a hell or mm-hmm. somebody who was just like super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that so, will change. So it, it seems like that, that stigma
2: it seems like that stigma is still then actual. It's still happening. Yeah. However, you're saying that women are being a little bit more active than they used to be.
3: Yeah, because when I uh, checked for like a statistically significant difference between the number of sexual partners that women had
0: right. versus
3: men had, there was no difference. Okay. So the, the behaviors are changing clearly, you know, things like. WAP and uh, the 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 Slut Walk by Amber Rose, these are these are working in our favor. Uh, and add to that the fact that uh, you know women have medical advancements to their to their advantage, where uh, you know you can have sex without thinking about you know the the women what they thought about during the times of Bridgerton. So like you can have sex if you want to, um, but in terms of like embracing it and, and talking about it um, and, and not being implicated in a certain way for that behavior, we are still, we are still working through that um, as, as a society.
2: Mm-hmm. And I so do you, you, did you, do you, did you find out that? So the apps um, are students in college still relying heavily on going out to meet people or they're, mostly have i I know you you kind of touched based on that a little bit or are they mostly doing apps and then possibly going to the to meet the person they match with in person or do they match with them and then they go straight to their houses
3: um, <laughs> there is a fair amount of talking involved. Okay. Um, So when I asked them this, this idea that we have about hookups, right? Like this is this one person that you saw this random night yeah. and then you got so freaking drunk that you cannot even remember their face and you hooked up with them. And in the morning you have this walk of shame and then you go. Um, That is clearly not the case. Hookups are... that's not the way gen z is hooking up it's so much more mellow um and i can read some of their responses later on if you'd like because it's it's so chill right it's it's something that they do uh, but but more than meeting people what they are looking at is friendship-based sexual encounters um so when i asked them how many mutual friends did like did you have mutual friends with your with, your, with somebody who you hooked up with, 75% of them said yes. Mm. So they're within their social network. So they're looking yep. for a friend of a friend, uh, mm-hmm. not really keen on like a complete stranger who they hook up with. So they're looking for avenues through which they can seamlessly integrate both friendship as well as um, you know experimenting something sexual or having some sort of a sexual interaction with this person.
1: I feel like that hasn't always been the case, though, because and I I guess we have bringing more awareness to rape culture to Mm think that Mm -hmm. Uh, now that we know it's it's something that happens way more often than we had thought. Mm -hmm. And people are more, more out in the open about it. I think that's kind of worked in people's favor to protect themselves maybe a little bit more. Do you mean like the the reason why they want to go with their
3: friends, friends to make sure that because it's it's like, they're already vetted, you know, and they're in their circle. See, that's, that's another thing. This is something that I found was the most surprising result, which I did not intend to find out. I found out that one in four men were sexually assaulted during their hookup. And, when I'm talking about sexual assault, I'm talking about lower order sexual assault. That is, mm-hmm. they were touched non-consensually. They performed a certain sexual act to get out of another sexual act. So go down on somebody. And this is, we're talking about straight, straight men at this point. Yeah. And the highest chance of sexual assault was when they met somebody through school settings. So within their circle of trust.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
3: if you look at sexual assault, that's the first indicator of sexual assault. That is, you're when ninety-nine or like you know eighty-five percent of the time, when you're talking about sexual assault, you're assaulted by somebody you know. It wow. it always shows up in 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 sexual assault when you're t- looking at and and it skews highly toward women and and absolutely, you know what, uh, legitimately so. But this was one of the studies where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I honestly thought that I had the data wrong because I went back and I'm like, did I code like men as women and women as men? Like, what is happening over here? And no, it's it is a fact.
2: So Uh, how does that work? I I mean, it might be old school of me, but I I feel like as as a guy, you just if you don't want to do it, you walk away. Um, How how does that work?
3: Yeah. But are you really surprised? Like, you know, I'm just going to go back to what you said with with that you know one you 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 said that i'm kind of i felt kind of violated right like that this guy would do this to me yeah um it it, it happens in the same way um when you're talking about male to female interaction uh, primarily because mm-hmm. our our idea is what are you complaining about like you got sex like what's your problem right yeah, yeah. So that's the narrative it's almost like a Uh, Men can never be sexually assaulted in a heterosexual relationship. Uh, And B, the onus of asking for consent is always on uh, the male. And then the third factor is we are teaching women to be sexually empowered. So in that drive of being sexually empowered and the absence of the conversation of them having to ask for consent, then who becomes the victim in this equation? Right it's so, yeah it's no, like absolutely. Together.
2: are you are you able to without being too graphic walk us to like through an example of ha- how that would happen uh, to a man like what so, uh, yeah. to help me understand it in a sense because I feel like to the only, the only thing I don't understand is like as a man if you are not consensual mm-hmm. there's a body part that needs to be aroused for it to yeah. happen so if you're mm-hmm. not consensual how are you aroused at the same time
3: So I asked them six questions, and these are all questions from a a study that was done previously by NYU professors, and they uh, measured sexual assault. In some questions, some of them, some of them are: uh, Did your partner touch you without your consent? So Mm -hmm. low order sexual uh, assault, right? Still sexual assault, but really low order.
0: Mm. Then
3: you have. Uh, questions like did you have to perform uh, oral sex on this person to get away from having actual like you know vaginal sex with them or did you what did this person have sex with you when you were inebriated Um, and did you touch this person non-consensually so the research shows that not only are have men experienced sexual assault they are also most likely to perpetrate sexual assault so it's not like you're like men are absolved so they are the bullies and the being bullied both at the same time and the chances of sexual assault are higher when you are in hyper-masculine environments like you know, fraternity or being an athlete um because you know patriarchal thinking hurts everybody right Mm -hmm. the fact that your men and and any sexual touch that you have you should be thankful for that like dude you got some action what the fuck are you talking about Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so that kind of thinking really takes away the power of this this said, individual saying that no, like this is my body. Like you can't just like jump and pounce on me just because you're horny. Uh, yeah. So we really need to like get to a position to to normalize that. And this in no way takes away the conversation from women being disproportionately
1: affected by sexual assault. So I also think that men are not as willing to report sexual assault yes. as yeah, women are,
3: mm-hmm.
1: because so we don't we identify as very surprising to me.
3: Yeah, if we don't identify something as sexual assault as sexual assault. Uh, yeah. and, th- th- and and we do that to like almost save ourselves because it's not just bad that we were violated. Now we have to come to this realization that, bro, I think I was raped though. That's a hard-ass conversation to have, mm-hmm. um, well, especially if you're was- in a hyper-masculine environment.
2: Even as a guy, I and you explain it, and I still have a hard time understanding mm-hmm. how I can get sexually assaulted by... A woman. I I still have a hard time. Imagine a
1: guy in a frat house saying I got sexually assaulted and trying not to get laughed out of the room, essentially. Why do you think I mean, are you the reason why you think
3: I know you're saying that, listen, my dick needs to be hard for this woman to, to, to be able to fuck me. That's where you're getting at, right? Um, so there,
2: there would be two. So there's two exactly. instants where I can understand it. Yeah. The first one would be I'm at a bar, I'm talking, whatever yeah. we're talking to the to I'm talking to a girl, and then all of a sudden she just grabs her hand and goes straight for yeah. the jewels and and, mm-hmm. and she grabs it. Cool. Mm-hmm. This I could see it feels like like I'm getting I'm getting I just got assaulted. Sure. Yes, mm-hmm. I understand.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: The other one, which is the other extreme, was like we're both in the bedroom, mm-hmm. super intoxicated to the point mm-hmm. that I have no idea what's going on. And then she mm-hmm. hops on me and she does her thing. Yeah. But that w- that's the only two that I'm kind of like, that I can't understand it happened. Anything in between where it's yeah. like we're both in the room, mm-hmm. we're both somewhat understand, like clear enough. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how in this situation I can get, I can be sexually assaulted because. Yeah. It's- if it's like, uh, if it's pressure from my friend saying, wait, you get with this girl, you better have sex with her.
3: Yeah.
2: Is, does that, is that technically considered a sexual assault? If if, he, if he's performing an act under pressure of his peers?
3: I didn't ask that question. I said, did you perform this under pressure from your partner? Your partner. Right? Because sometimes, we you know how many times a woman has said yes because this guy was persistent. Yeah. Right? yeah. and I mean, just because you've gotten... A yes doesn't mean that this is consent right like yes. it's it's not that and there is a formula for for what is actually informed consent uh and you're right julian those are the situations that we're talking about because sometimes it's really hard for us to understand like what what constitutes and doesn't constitute as assault because when you hear the word like assault there's always some sort of Violence. idea that there's something violent happening yeah. right like there's there is pressure and like how can a woman even assault a man when a man has objectively higher physical power than this person right we're not talking about like coercion that way we are talking about sexual touch and sexual performances that you did not say yes to um and one of the factors is alcohol because when you are hooking up with somebody you met through school you are the students had a objectively higher a level of alcohol consumption that they did not have in dating apps so when you are having unprotected sex in dating apps it's it's consensual. Like everybody is in their wits. And, uh, this, this, this conversation about like dating apps are, are, are dangerous. It's almost the same as, you know, that narrative sells. So you sell that, but more than dating apps, what's happening within our circle of trust in school? Why are we not talking about that? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and holding that accountable and making that normalized.
2: And that was actually one of the questions, too, that I was going to have. I feel like when I think about my college years, none of me or my friends were ever even remotely scared of mm-hmm. being in a situation where we thought we were being assaulting. Yeah. We were all assaulting someone. It's like, oh, we met at the club. We're all drinking. We're coming home. It's like, there was never a, even a thought that mm-hmm. the next day she would feel some type of way or I would feel some type of way. that oh, That's man, free we-
1: me, too movement Mm
2: -hmm. and that was my i said that the the question i have is like now that the me too came up and now we're way more alert about sexual assault that even me as an adult now Mm -hmm. i'm always extremely cautious about Mm -hmm. this do you feel like that has changed within gen z in a sense of like there's maybe more talk about consent
3: yeah um the conversation is that just like, I mean, I think of it in terms of pronouns. You know, we've always had pronouns, but the fact that I need to ask about a certain a person's pronoun, that has become a part of the conversation and that's normalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way, like, you know, sexual assault, sexual consent was always there, but the conversation around it has become so dominant and it's drummed up so much that Gen Z is aware that, listen, there's such a thing called consent. Now, whether they practice it or not, or the right way to act, ask for consent or not, we have to get better at at communicating that because we as a generation are still figuring it out when we are rising up to the awareness that, oh, something happened to me. And, and now that the culture is talking about it now, I mean, I'm, I'm basically describing the Me Too movement at this point. Uh, um, so I, I really do think Gen Z is, is better equipped at that. Um, and in my, in it, I really do think online dating hookups um, could be safer in terms of uh, in, uh, in terms of safety from sexual assault compared to at least for the first couple of dates uh, compared to somebody you know through your circle of trust. And the reason I say that is when you're going through a dating app, think about think about taking a taxi versus think about taking Uber. If you're Uber driver, was rude to you or did something to you, you have the authority, i.e., Uber, to complain it to and hold this person accountable.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But if a taxi driver was rude to you, like who do you report it to? The city? Like, yeah. I mean, there is nobody to report it to. So, with that, you know, the fact that you met through Tinder, or you met through Bumble. There are guidelines in Bumble and and Tinder, which at least let you report this person. So whether that results into something or not, who knows? But the fact that it's there, um, that could be deterrent enough to keep people in their line. Would it
2: be because uh, I feel like if you're matching with a stranger, then you're automatically taking more precaution to be extremely safe?
3: Yeah, so
2: safer. Whereas That's if you went through mutual friends, it's like, well, they know each other. I don't have to be on my guard that much.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like you know when you're talking about <laughs> being uh, more safe. This mm-hmm. is what. Somebody said, like when I asked them to like describe like what happened that night. Yeah. So this this guy says I texted him on Grinder. He was online and somewhat close. He answered and we liked each other. So we talked a bit, sent pictures of each other, planned to hook up that night at his house. I prepped shaving, condoms, lube, cleaning, etc. Then I took an Uber there. So just like the amount of planning that goes before. Um, you hook up with this person through a dating app because you're not going from a zero to a hundred. You're going from zero to like snapchatting them a little bit yeah. you know sending some like boob butt pictures and then like having thirsty ass conversations and then like you vibe like you know where this is going uh so it's much more clearer where uh you're not just like assuming oh my gosh this guy looked at me different at a bar maybe he's into me and then then you go for do it you,
2: that's do, you that's, 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 do you think that is true for heterosexual? in a sense like i i think like jen and i have touched a little bit in a few other episodes about how the hookup culture within the gay community men on men is mm-hmm. somewhat a little bit easier and it just kind of like it, it just kind of works a little bit easier to, mm-hmm. to do it. did you find the same results from uh, men to women, like that you know they
0: in it, terms you
2: know, of like what you were describing about like the guy he matched with grinder they talked for a little bit they yeah. they i like, see he prepped and then after that he went to his house yeah i feel like that is similar from a guy meeting with a girl like she she they talk they send each other stuff blah blah, blah. she prepped she goes to, to his house
3: there is a fair amount of planning um that both yeah yeah yeah. there's a fair amount of planning and and talking about gen z like showing us how it's done Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the women also plan they they ask this person out uh their their partner their male partner out for for a hookup or a date or whatever have you uh when they're going through apps so um it's not always on the guy to like ask this girl out the girl also initiates plans Mm -hmm. yeah
2: i love that yeah I
3: love that.
1: What about getting into a uh, <laughs> a committed relationship for Gen Z or people who are in college? Because I, I I don't yeah. know. I I found it very difficult as a working adult
0: to mm-hmm. get into a
1: relationship. Yeah. Uh, so I can't imagine what it's like right now for for Gen Z because you hear like situationships and like oh, yeah. all these terms for half-assed
0: relationships.
1: <laughs> That's truly
3: uh, it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. But also, you know what? Let
3: me tell you something. I there is a certain amount of pride that I've seen in Gen Z people who have who are in a relationship. Like they made it out in some way. Like right. they are the they are the exception and not the rule. So whenever I ask students, and that's the reason why I did an anonymous survey because I'm like I'm not gonna get shit out of these students if I ask them face to face. So um, like my friend, my students will always say, "I haven't." participated in hookup culture but my friend and I'm like why don't you just say that you were thirsty one night like just let's just cut to the chase um but there is a certain level of like pride that oh I haven't how to hook up i I have a boyfriend um and then for people who are on the other spectrum they're not they're not having a hotation. you know what i'm saying like it's not that they have all these kids to hook up with and they're just like having rabid sex uh they're hooking up with the same person (laughs) um once a month or in two three weeks they repeat that um
0: and i asked
3: them Yeah, and and, and I asked them, like, listen, were you, like, on a scale of one to five, how romantically interested were you with this person? And 75% said very, or, like, I was. So they want something there. But this conversation, or, like, to lock it in, um, they really are, Jen, what you're talking about, getting into situationships or or a lack of vulnerability and and just... Why? Why Why is that?
2: Because I'm sure it comes back to what you were saying. They have dating anxiety. They don't know how to date.
1: Yeah.
3: and, so and you don't they, know how to
2: take it. The, the only way you take it, like you could hook up with someone. Yeah. If you don't take that person on an actual date and do it, yeah. activities outside of the bedroom. Yeah, you're dude, never going people to don't release. know how
1: to court
3: each other anymore. Yeah. But the funny thing is, you know what? They're doing all of that, but they just don't call it that. They're like... Hanging oh, I'm just out. hanging out. I'm just yeah. talking to this person. Oh, like they they will literally say that they're they met up for coffee. They went to their dorm room, they put in a movie and they like chilled. I'm like, dude, like this is a we date. Did. Like you you really are dating at this point, but they don't call it that. I just got too excited about that. Um <laughs> it's like Where does the anxiety
2: like- <laughs> come from? The dating anxiety that you mentioned earlier, because which podcast really is somebody said it gender somebody who said also the younger generation have a dating they're anxious about dating i forgot
1: Mm -hmm. oh it could have been uh dr drew and his his daughter
2: i think it might have been that so so where does that come from
3: just i there are so many there are so many reasons like i i haven't measured them so i don't know definitely what is causing dating anxiety um but, you know, again, going back to Gen Z being digital natives and their digital footprints are permanent. So they're always thinking about the implications. Like we were dumb ass children. Like we did dumb shit back in the day. Yeah. And there is no way anybody can go back and, you know, find those. Like all three of us, I can confidently say, it, even without knowing you, that we would have been canceled yesterday. thousand you know? percent. Um, <laughs> so, but now Gen Z, being digital natives, they, they're so aware about their actions. They're so aware about the footprints that they leave. Uh, they don't have that ability to just like do whatever. Um, so their actions have consequences, So that could be one part why they're just overall anxious and
1: dating anxiety is a part of that anxiety.
0: Hmm. Um, Are
3: they
1: also maybe a little unwilling to to devote the time and the effort toward a relationship? Absolutely.
3: I I really do think that. I mean, I was just reading something today, like the indicators of each generation and Gen Z, one of the indicators is infinite possibilities.
2: I was about to say that. Yeah.
3: Infinite possibilities. It's a bottomless pit everywhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, your your facebook scroll never ends your instagram feed never ends your tiktoks never end choices for partners will never end mm-hmm. so how do we lock into something we cannot commit so much to subscribe to a fucking youtube channel like right we can't do that sorry for the effort but like no, but the
1: attention <laughs> span is like it has diminished to the point where yeah. like i people are always i guess always looking for the next greatest thing to come along yeah Well, i have this great person yeah. in front of me, what else is out there it comes yeah.
2: back to this notion of knowing a lot of people but just feeling alone
1: yeah
3: because yeah. they
2: they're, they're know all these people do you i mean are you able to maybe um say how do you how do you see then relationship for gen z in in five ten years how do you think the relationship will be will it be like our parents or do you think because of all these, like, would there be maybe a, a reset moment where a gen, mm. this generation is going to be like, this is too much. We need to stop. Just like I know some kids right now think it's cool. If you don't have Instagram.
3: Yeah. 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 Kids old Instagram. New again.
2: It's like now I'm mm-hmm. cool. I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing.
3: Yeah. Uh, I
2: don't know if you're able to, but do you have maybe a little bit of an idea or, or what, like, how does that look for the future for them?
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Also, you know, like I just want to. I'm, mean, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, would you identify yourself as millennials?
2: Yes, What's millennial. Yeah. Well, I, I well, millennial
1: is like what 1984. To-
3: it's a hard stop at
2: 1995.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, sure. I guess millennial. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. at that point, we're like We were so millennially, like, and we're, you know, what I mean. I don't know if I should use the analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway. Like, we are the taint generation. You know, like we're <laughs> we're. <laughs> we <are, laughs> we we know what life was like without so options and, and we know what life is with options so we yeah, just don't know so what is normal so for us to make this judgment call of like how gen Z is going to be like i'm I'm not going to be that person to do it but what I can tell you from from what I have looked at thus far is just the way you were saying julian that you know it's it's cool for them to not be on instagram. Uh, and the reason I say that we are a 10 generation because we were foolish. Like when Instagram came out, I was posting every single day Yeah. Um, because we didn't yeah. have stories. <laughs> so we are doing yeah. full on posts about like that one leaf that I consumed. today. I
1: posted it. I saw a penny on the subway and I posted that as like a main Instagram post. Can I'm like, what imagine? I thinking? With filters, like yeah. let's not forget sepia tone. Like, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have done that foolishness, but. Gen Z is has grown up with that. so they are just like I like you can't phase me like this is not new uh, So they have their factory settings is growing up with options yeah. so they'll figure out their own rules because we are at a very big shift that's happening right now where we're going to unlimited everything. Um, and Gen Z is far better equipped to navigate that landscape because they have grown in that landscape that's versus us. We are just transitioning. We just don't know. Like, so I would argue that it's harder for us to to figure right. this out than Gen Z. Yeah,
2: that's actually a great point. And it's so funny because we tend to, I like, I I, can, I catch myself saying things that my dad we used to say. You know, mm-hmm. when when I was like sixteen or seventeen, and you're like, oh my God, you guys like your your generation and stuff. Yeah, and now, yeah, yeah. The yeah. These Gen Zs guys, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so old now. No. <laughs> I don't understand this, you know. It's- no,
3: and you're only gonna get older. You know?
2: I
0: know. Listen,
3: I mean, I'm just one one slip away from being a boomer, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, I have just accepted that as my fate.
0: Which
2: one's <laughs> boomer? So, boomer is our parents.
3: Yeah. I think yeah. So it's yeah. boomer, a- millennial, Gen Z. Boomer Gen X, <laughs> nobody knows who they are, okay. um, but <laughs> I'm sorry, my sister is a Gen X. Like they're the then, silent generation. Like they got no say in yeah. this mess that we have created for them. Okay.
2: And then, it's um, millennial?
3: then it's
1: millennials. Yeah.
3: And then
2: it's Gen Z. And
1: then it's Gen Z. Yeah. Gen Z. yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's, uh, I'm very optimistic. I, have, I about do have Gen a little Z. more hope when it comes yeah. to Gen Zers because they seem like a lot more socially aware, culturally aware, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I, sensitive to other people's I, needs I, and agree
2: perspectives. I agree but i also and i'm just gonna be the bad guy here i also feel like they're not as tough as our no,
1: parents i agree are. with that too yeah like there
2: yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of a victim yeah state of mind which to me and from what I've experienced is not a great way to get ready for your adult life because yeah. it's always the other ones, right? Like, and again, like I think the, the, the comp the compassion and how open they are and the gender fluidity is amazing because it mm-hmm. means everybody can feel like they have a place in this world.
1: Except you're if you're in Florida.
2: Yeah. But, but that mentality is also <laughs> like, The problem with that mentality is, too, is like if somebody misgender them for some reason, they automatically victimize it. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of just being okay with it and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, you made a mistake. That's cool. This is how. And and, and, uh, right. It's automatically like, oh, my God, how could you call me this? I'm not a this. I'm a that. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's great because there's more compassion, but also it it, it makes it for a little bit less. I want to say tougher people.
1: Well, yeah, there always needs to be acknowledgement that the world has to catch up you know yeah. what i mean like we, yeah. a lot of in the generations before us you think I mean, a 60 year old things. is
2: going to catch up and is going to meet a 20 year old in the supermarket and is going no, to no. and I, I know and this i'm going to do it it's
1: the same reason i can't have conversations with my parents about certain things mm-hmm. you know yeah. you just kind of acknowledge it and step away and understand yeah. that they're coming from a different place in a different generation with different rules yeah
2: yeah yeah exactly
1: gen z is Gen
3: z- it's awesome. No, I'm I, I, the one thing that I would say, which could delay their their finding the one, outside of all of this, is this hyper fixation with identity formation mm. um and it's to not not to their fault mm-hmm. because the reason why we are not so hypersensitive about our identity is because we didn't have any platforms to show our identity true like we didn't have a tiktok we didn't have a LinkedIn, yeah. we didn't have an instagram where like this platform is for this aesthetic and like that platform is for that aesthetic it was me and my parents in our living room like that's mm-hmm. it you get it whatever it is so the the idea that i'm trying to get to is like the so hyper fixated on creating who they are and being in this very navel gazing journey of like self-identity that could keep them away from committing to somebody else because like everybody's creating their identity and that's the first stick that our parents have used against millennials that oh we are not getting married because like i'm focused on me right Mm -hmm. everybody says right so that focus has become even more laser focused right now for general mm-hmm. okay. where they are really focused on themselves like we were focused but we didn't we didn't think about our pronouns right we just took what we got yeah but the fact that they have this environment that that promotes self I mean self-identity and, and exploration um
1: when will you have time to think about somebody else so no, that could yeah. I also think they should take communication as like like person-to-person communication as a course in college. Yeah, because I do, I do feel like a lot of a lot of people of Gen Z don't know how to communicate.
3: Really, not we're online for like a, a solid one star on this episode from a Gen Zer.
1: <laughs> I know not, <laughs> a not to not to come Gen Z.
2: Honestly, I was thinking we should we should bring in a Gen Z.
1: That's yeah. going to make us look so fucking old, old. Julian.
2: And she's like tell us I'm about the snapper.
1: How,
2: how do you do? Let me take my notes on my on my book pad on my little
1: yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: Well in my paper. Um would you, so do you feel like date so if you had to choose mm-hmm. millennial dating, Gen Z dating, which one do you think is easier?
3: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So millennial dating. So am I, am I having a conversation about like dating another millennial or dating a Gen Z?
2: No. So if you had, if you were right, if you were back to, if you were 18 right now, would Mm -hmm. you rather date the way we did it? Or based on everything you find, would you think it would actually, you would have been like, you know what? I would actually probably prefer dating the way Jay-Z do it.
3: Gen Gen Z, Z. hands down. Oh, really? Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the reason for that?
2: Just more Um, of of being who you are
3: um just clarity clarity of expectations uh without because i have seen what dating was in in a millennial setting Mm. so i know firsthand that i'm not going to voluntarily pick that um so just talking about slut shaming right? Like back in the day, I mean, I never questioned the concept of slut shaming. I never questioned the concept of, uh, you know, casting couch where I'm like, oh yeah, like women do sleep uh, their way to the top. Like we, we, we uh, use sex, but then I never questioned the fact that, well, let's talk about the predatorial man that made women do it. Mm -hmm. So, and women had all the right to explore their sexual agency and to live in that time to have honest conversations who is not going to pick that and before going on a date yeah i want to show my fire picture to this guy versus mm. just like you know showing up for the date so i would 100 um pick gen z dating without uh, over over millennial dating
2: and seems like there's more freedom it seems like you're just more free to be who you are a
3: lot more freedom a lot more freedom yeah and that just gets better from generation to generation
2: Yeah, that's actually very interesting. Well, I like
3: that. I like ending on a high note. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Gen Z, Gen Z win. Gen Z, we. Gen Z,
3: listen, just just don't cancel us. Like, we love you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I I I really do that on TikTok.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's actually fascinating. I'm so glad you 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 brought all of that. uh, Thank you. No, thank
1: you so much for having me, though.
2: I, I just don't know anything about them. It's crazy, you know.
1: Yeah, no, you really don't.
3: You so, really what's don't. the name of the book that you wrote? Um, it's called The Current Collegiate Hookup Culture. Okay. Yeah. And where can we find it? Everywhere. You can find it uh, in Roman and Littlefield. That's my publisher. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on uh, Barnes and Noble. On a desperate day, you can find it on a Walmart. Uh, you can find it everywhere. Uh, but if you do get in touch with me, I will send you a free chapter on me. So please get in. Oh, touch. I, it. It. I would love to share my my experience and my research on Gen Z because uh, we we need a rehauling of this hookup yeah. culture idea that we have in.
2: In our head it's mostly for the parents of gen z i guess get you guys can get educated thanks to your book
3: thank you thank without, you without
2: know. without without asking weird questions to their kids yeah Just
3: like you me. tell <laughs> me
2: were you on grinder last tell night me
3: every yeah. sexual step
2: you've
1: ever made <laughs> yeah <laughs> let, let somebody else do the work for you
2: yeah exactly yeah
0: wow All right. thank you doctor so
1: are, are you dr Aditi or dr
3: paul what do you what do you prefer uh, Aditi is brilliant. Uh okay. please don't call me Dr. Paul. Like that just that just makes Dr. Me Paul. Sound Dr. A, Dr. Paul Aditi. Thank you. <laughs> a thousand years old right now. I'm really trying to mesh with with the Gen Z. I'm, I'm using my retina yeah. every night. So uh, <laughs> nice it's not working.
1: <laughs> well thank you so much for coming thank on. You. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Are you on are you on TikTok? Are you on social? I am
3: if i'm a lurker on tiktok <laughs> i haven't produced anything but uh, i am on instagram my handle is i am aditi paul um i have a linkedin like a like a boomer um okay. i have my facebook you can find me anywhere with aditi paul
2: well thank you so much aditi
1: thank you
3: thank you thank you so much for having me it was such a pleasure i i loved my time here i mean
1: a phd with the personality for real, I
2: wish she was my teacher. I
1: genuinely laugh,
2: like she. Yeah. what a cool teacher.
1: We are the taint generation.
2: We that- are the taint generation. <laughs>
1: that's what got me.
2: Yeah, I'm but proud to be a taint. Perfect. Actually, it's actually a great analogy. It is. The pothole and the ball sack. That's well, us. Okay, you didn't have to take it there, but but that's what a taint is.
1: I understand. I, you know, leave it to you to kill a joke, man. Leave it. To- <laughs> leave it to you to
2: kill a joke right? You don't have a taint. Women don't have a taint.
1: What? I don't know if I do. I don't know if, is it a man or a woman thing? I
2: think it's a woman thing. Oh, it's, it? it's a man thing.
1: Uh-oh.
2: Yeah. I've never heard a girl say, oh, he leaked my, is this, he something leaked that my we, is this
1: something that we Google? Can I ask the Google machine?
2: You can ask Google machine, but I don't think so.
1: Siri, do men or women have taints? Google's not good. I got tainted love. I <laughs> got
2: yeah, Google doesn't know. Uh, just you know what? How
1: both about men ask,
2: and women have one. How about you ask hey, Jared? He's a doctor. He will know if. I'll
1: ask him that'll be my first question to him whenever, uh, whenever he gets home. Not like, how are you? No. How, you know, Jared, how did work go? A,
2: let's go. Do I have a hey, taint? Jared.
1: Hey, Jay Bear. Do do, I have, do I, have I have a taint as well? Or perfect? Is it just for the men folk? Hmm.
2: All right. No, honestly, uh, I'm so glad we brought her on. She was awesome. And, yeah, uh, actually, kind of learned a lot. I, I I used to be a little Good. bit of a Gen Z hater. Now I kind of like like them more.
1: I I feel like they're maybe maybe dare I say a little more evolved than we are.
2: I think they are. I think they are. I think oh, we're the we're we're the old fucks here.
1: I know. I hate admitting that. Um, you know.
2: Oh God. But
1: my like, days ruined. Um. All right. So that's it. That's yeah. it. Right. And then we'll uh, we'll see you. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right. Hoda Media Production.